Today we are finishing our series in 1 Kings, and we have two passages that we will read. Uh, I will read the first one. This is from the Old Testament, and then assisting me today uh, is Levi Grizard. He will read the New Testament passage. Uh, these are on your message map. Uh, it's on the back of the bulletin that you received when you came in. Uh, you will also find these on the screens. Um, the first one is from 1 Kings chapter 22. Here's how it reads. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, became king of Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother's name was Azubah, daughter of Shelah, and everything he, in everything he followed the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, and the people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. Now, Levi. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. It was night, and they were taking care of their sheep. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified, but the Lord said but but the angel said, said to them do not be afraid afraid i bring you good news it will bring great joy for all the people today in the town of david a savior has been born to you he is the messiah the lord here is how you will know i am telling you the truth you will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a large group of angels from heaven also appeared. They were praising God. They said, May glory be given to God in the highest heaven, and may peace be given to those he is pleased with on earth. Luke 2, 8, Luke 2 verse 8 through 14. Thank you, Levi. Let's pray together. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your word that teaches us, that instructs us, and that tells us what we celebrate this time of year. Father, we pray that during this time you would open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for being here, and let me say Merry Christmas Eve to all of you. I promise you that today's message will be brief. The kids in here are very excited. Their excitement is definitely palpable. You must have all got new puppies for them this Christmas. As I mentioned earlier today on Christmas Eve, we are wrapping up the series that we have been in this fall on the Old Testament book of 1 Kings. Uh, and if you've been with us over the last several weeks, you know that we have looked at the king of the northern kingdom named Ahab. Ahab ruled for 22 years, and Ahab, according to Kings, was not good at all. Uh, in fact, the writer of Kings says that he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, like every other one of the 19 kings who ruled over the northern kingdom. 
But then we get right to the end of 1 Kings, and as I read earlier, the spotlight shifts off of Ahab and onto the southern kingdom and a king named Jehoshaphat. And unlike Ahab, Jehoshaphat was actually a good king. Or, as the passage said, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And he wasn't alone in the southern kingdom. There were 20 kings who ruled during the lifetime of the southern kingdom. And out of the 20, eight were good kings, or they did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And I know you may be thinking that's only 40%, but hey, it's still better than the northern kingdom, which had zero good kings. At least the southern kingdom had some good kings. Yet, even with these good kings, when you fast forward from 1 Kings to the end of 2 Kings, here's what you discover. Both of these kingdoms came to an end. The northern kingdom was destroyed in 722 B.C. by the Assyrians. The Judah, the southern kingdom, was destroyed in 586 by the Babylonians. And that event marked the end of the monarchy in Israel. A monarchy that began with a king named Saul, ended with a king named Zedekiah, and there has never been a king on the throne of Israel since that time. Which, if you've read much of the Old Testament, you know that presents a real problem. Uh, the problem is that God uh, promised to King David through a prophet Nathan that there would always be a king on the throne of Israel. In fact, that king would be a descendant of David. Let me give you one other passage this morning. This is from 2 Samuel, and this is what the Lord said to David. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. And when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me, and your throne will be established forever. This was a promise made by God to David that one of his descendants would forever and ever sit on the throne over Israel. And this was an unconditional promise. The Lord did not say, if your descendants follow me, if they obey me, if they do what is right, then I will establish my throne. He said, this will be established forever regardless. Yet, after 586, there were no more kings. There was no one sitting on the throne. No descendant of David was on the throne over Israel. And years passed by. And decades passed by. The Jews had been carried off to Babylon. Finally, they are allowed to return, but still there is no king on the throne. They're ruled by a series of nations, the Persians for a while, and then the Greeks, and then the Syrians for a short period of time. And all these different nations would rule over Israel, and still there was no king on the throne. And then in 63 B.C., the Romans came to power, and they ruled over Israel. 
and they put a so-called king over Judah named King Herod, but King Herod was not a real king. He was called a king. He went by the name king, but he was appointed a king. He was not born a king, and he certainly was not a descendant of David. And at this point, it had been 500 years since a king in the line of David had sat on the throne over Israel. 500 years is a long time. It is twice as old as our nation has existed. For 500 years, the people longed for and waited and hoped for this promise of God. To those living in Israel, it seemed like maybe God had forgotten them. It seemed like maybe God had not fulfilled His promise that maybe He had forgotten His people in this land that He had promised to them that there would no longer be a king over the nation of Israel. And then 2,000 years ago, angels appeared to shepherds in a field. You heard Levi read this beautiful passage earlier, and their message was clear that a king had been born. In the town of David, in the line of David, a king had been born, a descendant of King David, who was the fulfillment of God's promise, for he himself is the king of kings. At the end of the day, this book that we have studied, 1 Kings, is really pointing the reader to the fact that no earthly king could do what the people of Israel needed him to do. In fact, you can see on your message map there, and I promise you I'm going to be very quick on this, that no king except King Jesus, first of all, is good enough. You see, there were kings over Israel who were considered to be good kings. Jehoshaphat was one of those. But did you notice earlier what the text said? That he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. However, however, except he did not tear down all of the high places. He continued to allow people to worship God in ways that the Lord did not want to be worshipped. Jehoshaphat was good, but not perfect. He still failed. If you've been in church a long time, you know that several of the other kings who were good kings, who were notable kings, were not perfect. David was the king that was called a man after God's own heart. This king who loved the Lord so much, and yet King David had his flaws. And if you've been in church, you know that he had serious flaws. Solomon was the wisest king who ever lived. He did so much good for Israel. And yet toward the end of his life, Solomon's heart drifted away from the Lord, and he did evil in the eyes of God. This is a major theme in First and Second Kings to show us that while some of the kings were good, None were perfect. That there had to be something else that God was going to do. That there had to be someone else that God would put on the throne of Israel. Someone who could rule on the throne of David and actually be a good king all of the time. Secondly, and you can write this in, no king except Jesus can bring peace. This is another theme in 1 Kings. You'll see periods of peace, but never constant peace. Under Saul and David, there was lots of fighting. And then under Solomon, there was a period of peace, but the moment he died, the, the nation of Israel split in two, and once again, there was no longer peace. 
And any time there was peace, it was simply a, a temporary peace. There was always around Israel some rising power, some other nation, some enemy just over the horizon who wanted to destroy the Israelites, who wanted to attack Israel, who wanted to take away this promised land. No other king was able to bring ultimate rest and peace to the, king of Israel, to the people of Israel. And then 2,000 years ago, angels appears to shepherds in the field. Again, you heard Levi read this passage earlier. They said, a king has been born, and this king will bring peace to those on whom God's favor rests. Not just a temporary peace, not just a passing peace that lasts for a day or a moment or a season or a few moments while we sing Silent Night and hold candles together. This would be a permanent, lasting, eternal peace. And finally, here's the last thing. No king except King Jesus can save us. Again, this is a major theme in First and Second Kings. The Israelites mistakenly put their hopes in an earthly king to save them, to deliver them from their enemies. But even the best of kings were not able to do this in a full and final way. The message of these, this Old Testament book, both First and Second Kings, is this. We need to be careful not to put our hope in government. God certainly ordains governments, but we are never to put our hope in any government or any political party. If you do that, at best your life will be a roller coaster full of emotions, and at worst all joy will be stolen from your life. However, King Jesus came not just to rule as king, but to save us. And it is in this king and this king alone that we are able to find salvation. It was during World War I that the Germans began their march across Belgium and into France where they were finally stopped just outside of Paris by a coalition of French and British forces. There the German forces dug their trenches and the French and British forces dug their trenches, and the battle line was formed, and the fighting was fierce, and neither side was able to make any advancement at all. For four months, they fought in that same place, and no one was able to gain any ground. No one was able to budge, to move the other army back, Neither side, it seemed, could get an edge on the other. It was this ongoing stalemate between these two different forces during World War I. The Germans on one side, the French and the British on the other, and a field of dead bodies in between these two armies. And every day the fighting continued, but neither side could really advance. After four months of fighting, on December 24th, 1914, the opposing armies called for a ceasefire to observe Christmas. 
There were over a hundred thousand soldiers on that battlefield who all put their weapons down. And that evening, the, Brit- the British and the French soldiers heard the German soldiers singing a Christmas carol. And then they finished their song, and then the British and French soldiers began to sing a Christmas carol. And they went back and forth for a while. Finally, the soldiers together on both sides singing, O come all ye faithful. They went to sleep that night, and the next day, on Christmas Day, Soldiers from each side emerged from their trenches, and they met together in this battlefield. They talked, they laughed, they exchanged presents, and it's reported that they even played a soccer match against one another. All Christmas Day, 1914, not a single shot was heard. It became known as the Christmas truce of World War I. It was peace for 36 hours. It was peace, but it was peace for just a moment. On December 26, the bullets began flying again. Across this field where the day before a soccer match had been played, now the bullets were flying and they were right back to fighting. The message of the angels that Levi read earlier was not a message of temporary peace. It was not a message of a temporary truce. It was not a message of a way to be saved from an oppressive Roman government. It was not a way that all men could get along for one night. It was not a peace that was meant for just a few moments. It was a message that at Christmas, that hostilities cease forever between us and the Lord. The message of the angels was a king has been born not to bring peace on earth, but to bring peace between man and God. Not to save you from your next battle, but to save you from your sin. And finally, after all these years, after all of these centuries, there was finally, finally a king who was able to save us and bring us ultimate peace. In fact, this was the first truly good king. A king so good that he gave his life to pay the price for my sin and yours. This morning, we thank King Jesus for that.